Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1999, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and joining me today is Amanda Harris, associate editor of Auto Finance News. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending February 5th, 2021. Amanda, welcome. Before we start, um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank our advertisers, Agora Data, Exeter Finance, and Struck, Struck, and Levon for their continued support. So in general news last week, uh, we had some good news uh, in terms of the economy. Initial jobless claims declined to their lowest level since the end of November, coming up at about 700, a little shy of 780,000, and continuing jobless claims came in at 4.59 million. Uh, both were well below, um, or not well below, just, just below. Not, not, let's not get too crazy here. Uh, well below a, a, a econ economist forecast. Um, those, those numbers are expected to continue to decline um, as the vaccine rollout continues, uh, which means our readers will probably see less and less updates on Thursdays in regards to initial jobless claims unless things, um, God forbid, take a turn for the worst. Um, you know, however, on the, given the pace of the vaccine rollout, which has been hampered by a lack of supply and severe what, winter weather in the Northeast over the last week, uh, Washington estimate, estimated this morning that general inoculation against COVID-19 won't happen until the fall of 2021 which is a bit later than the summer forecast had been previously discussed, which is a little disappointing for, um, you know, myself and Amanda, uh, but still, you know, not, not the worst news. Uh, Just stay home like I've been doing, that's fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm, 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 I'm kind of, uh, you know, growing, uh, I'm conforming to, to, you know, being a homebody all the time. And finally, in general news, last night, uh, Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl after plowing through Kansas City's defense. Um, I've never been much of a fan of Tom Brady myself, but there's really no denying um, how great he is. Uh, to put his Super Bowl tally into perspective, Brady has more Super Bowl rings than any other football franchise um, in history, edging out Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England, New England Patriots, which, which both only have six victories. Um Segwaying into um, the auto finance, um, a little outside news that came out this morning, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said in a filing with the Security and Exchange Commission that has invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin and will start to accept Bitcoin as payment on a limited basis. Um, in terms of our coverage, we're a little over halfway through first quarter earnings, and we're starting to see some common trends between the publicly traded auto finance companies. Our first story uh, is on Harley-Davidson. Um, Amanda, what, what, what do we learn? Sure. Um, so this week, we actually saw a few updates outside of just the normal kind of performance metrics that we've been following, charge-offs, delinquencies, things like that. Uh, so Harley-Davidson, um, they, you know, they've been kind of working through a whole strategic revamp of the company pretty much from top to bottom. Um, they have new leadership in place. They are, they just got through the rewire, which is kind of setting the stage for 
the hardwire, which is their five year, I believe it is, uh, strategic plan. Um, so as part of that, when their earnings came out um, last week, they did say that they are actually going to launch their own certified pre-owned program. Uh, so for us, it's a pretty big deal. That means that, you know, they will have, you know, autonomy over those uh, motorcycles. They will be the ones to certify them. Um, customers will be able to get those only through Harley-Davidson, um, you know, dealerships. So if they want a pre-owned certified, you know, Harley-Davidson motorcycle, they will need to go through the dealerships to get that with that new program. Um, so that's part of, you know, the overall company's kind of strategic plan to really focus on what they do well and where they do it well. Uh, so we did see them kind of scale back on products, scale back into certain markets, refocus in the markets that, you know, they think that they will be able to target their, you know, typical hog motorcycle buyers in. Um, so that's just kind of a, an expansion on what we know that they've been working toward and what we'll continue to be working toward um, in, into the next few years. Um, and then just a little bit on their performance. So they have seen, you know, originations decline year over year, again, in the fourth quarter to about 496 million. Um, third quarter, they also saw originations fall and they are down for the end of the year, overall about 7% as well. Um, so that's kind of the reason, part of the reason behind all yeah. these changes. You know, I was gonna ask you, um, that the, the new certified pre-owned program should help, um, you know, increase their finance footprint in terms of Harley-Davidson financial services, no? Yes, yes. So that is actually part of what they would like to do um, is they want to really kind of, you know, they still have a pretty good penetration rate as far as, you know, how many of the Harley-Davidson motorcycles are financed through Harley-Davidson. That's still the majority. So they're kind of capitalizing rate? on that. Do you that. have that offhand? Yeah, it is 67.8%. In the that's, fourth quarter, that's pretty so, good. Yeah, and that's pretty pretty standard for them. They they haven't really seen that drop off. Um, so this makes I think perfect sense for them to see that and know that people still you know go to a Harley Davidson you know storefront or dealership to get a Harley Davidson motorcycle um, and then finance through Harley Davidson Financial Services. So this would be an extension on that because they do have a fairly robust used kind of program, but a lot of them are you know about seven years older older, older. Um, so this would really help with the like five-year old and, and younger kind of motorcycles to kind of ramp that business up for them a little bit and gotcha. give that like pre-certified nod of approval that customers kind of look for when you look for used, especially motorcycle, obviously you want that to be. They didn't, I don't, I don't remember them releasing an actual timeline on the CPO program, right? No, there is no exact timeline, but we know that the strategic plan is a five-year plan. Uh, so just, it goes to common sense that I would imagine this would happen within the next year or so um, as part of that plan, obviously in the next five years, but I don't think they would have been announcing it now had they been planning this, you know, five, six years from now. So I think it'll be fairly soon that they'll have more of a concrete date. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, let's, let's hope for our sake, uh, they start breaking out some of that CPO use versus new uh, origination data in their earnings for us, yeah. make our jobs Definitely. easier. Yeah, we will look for it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Next, next um, all right. Uh, segwaying into, uh, I believe, Truist Bank also had some kind of non-credit performance metric origination news uh, that was a little exciting, especially in light of kind of everything that's been happening in, in digital transformation, acceleration, whatever you want to call it in the last year, month, um, what have you. Uh, I know, Amanda, you covered that one as well. Yes. 
Yeah, so we know Truist, you know, formed with uh, the BB&T and Subtrust merger um, back in December 2019. Uh, so as part of that, Truist has kind of been, you know, moving clients over to all of their technology, um, you know, kind of forming. They So they have this kind of digital platform that they want to bring everyone over to, whether you're BB&T customer, SunTrust customer, they want to eventually merge all the clients onto this new um, digital platform that they have. It's called Premier, something like that. Um, and so that is one of the things they're working toward. Um, and part of the reason why is that, of course, we know in banking in general, more and more customers are doing their banking online. Um, so Truist is no exception. They did see like a 26% increase in their digital sales in the fourth quarter with about like 664 thousand transactions in November, um, you know, pretty up from where it was the last year in 2019. Uh, so it just shows, you know, more and more people, again, are going online to do all kinds of banking things. Um, and so they, that merger and trying to get everyone over to one platform that's under the Truist brand um, and really like revamping some of their digital capabilities is, is part of that. Great, cool. Well, well, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on, on that as well, um, as always. Um, now to dive in a little bit on to credit trends uh, that we saw from some of the, the top auto lenders uh, this last week. Um, first is Santander Consumer USA. And I think the most interesting thing about that, um, you know, despite the fact that their net charge-offs um, and delinquency numbers were the lowest they've ever been, um, coming in at you know 4.4% of the lender's portfolio in 2020, which is 320, 40, 340 basis points down from 2019's year in total, um, was that SCUSA is seeing um, an uptick in the pace of forbearance request as a percentage of active accounts requesting a deferral. Um, accounts in deferral in the fourth quarter came at 5.7%, which is an increase from 4.5% in the third quarter, um, but of course still below, well below levels, peak levels of 27%. Um, you know, I mean, I think what's kind of interesting about this is, you know, we're, we're, we've always kind of been talking about how credit metrics are, or credit performance is gonna deteriorate, uh, delinquencies and charge-offs are gonna rise. We've kind of seen that, um, you know, here and there, Capital One um, had kind of an uptick of both deferrals and, <coughs> excuse me, um, deferrals and net charge-offs um, in the fourth quarter, even as they kind of, uh, you know, took back some of those provisions for credit losses. Um, but we're really not kind of seeing a, a large uptick. Um, but I think these deferrals are really kind of indicative of the state of the consumer still. Um, you know, we do still have relatively high unemployment um, relatively high jobless claims, as we talk about, even if they're improving. Um, and I think, you know, there is a subset of consumers that still are really kind of struggling and, you know, really relying on that new stimulus that's supposed to be coming down the pipe here. I don't know. I don't even know if there is a date. Um, I think we're just talking about it at this point. Um, but I think, I think it's really indicative that, you know, consumers still, still need some help. Um, and, you know, the, the state of, of the industry, um, or the auto finance industry, excuse me, is, is really going to depend on, you know, continued support from its, um, you know, in, its lending lenders and the, the government and, um, you know, local and state kind of uh, programs to kind of help keep the economy on its feet. 
Hopefully it starts getting warm though, um, which means that, you know, restaurants will open up, outdoor dining is back, uh, consumers will be out uh, spending money, confidence should go up. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, so for next week, what do we have, or I guess this week, because we're not doing this on Fridays anymore, today's Monday. What do we, yes. what do we have going on this week, Amanda? Uh, so this week, so today we'll have the Mannheim Index um, released around this time every month. Uh, so we'll get an update on these vehicle values. I have not yet looked at it, so I can't give you a teaser yet on if they're up or down. Um, but we'll have that up in a little bit, so you can check out our website to see where those values fall right now. Um, and then, of course, we've got more earnings reports. We have GM Financial coming up. Um, it's a big one for us. Um, and then we might have some good best practices stories um, coming out for our um, AFE product. So nice. Oh, ex Excellent. Yeah, great. Um, well, you know, to be fair, by the time um, this, this actually gets published uh, this afternoon, your Mannheim story might already be up there. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Very true. Just, just right. tune into the website. We post things all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that about wraps it up for today. Um, to our viewers, we want to hear from you. The roadmap, uh, rate the roadmap on whatever platform you use to listen to it, whether it be um, Twitter uh, or, sorry, whether it be iTunes uh, Music or Spotify, and uh, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining the roadmap. Um, we'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next week. That's good.